Welcome to the Mary Gostolo Girl Ahead podcast, the weekly unique insight into luxury hospitality around the world by those who know it best. Produced by Allmont Global and brought to you by JetX. Upgrade to a class above first and enjoy the freedom of travel with JetX, a global leader in private aviation inspired by luxury beyond compare. Wherever you wish to fly, JetX can take you there in utmost safety, comfort and style, at your own schedule and pace. Whether on business or leisure, the world is yours to enjoy with JetX. I'm talking to Ronnie Dueck, who is an amazing entrepreneur who has got into hotel investment in a unique and spectacular way. We're talking on a terrace at Six Senses Shaharhu in Israel, looking out at an endless desert of mountains. Ronnie, you're such an entrepreneur. What made you get into the hospitality business? I would say that uh, what made me uh, go into the hospitality uh, uh, business was actually being a a client, a well-traveled client around the world. Um, I remember in the 90s when I discovered the Amman uh, resort in Thailand, Amanpuri. I was so surprised from the concept and the DNA of uh, this new wave of uh, boutique sustainable uh, uh, resort in the Far East. And then later on, uh, when I went to uh, uh, places like Rajasthan and uh, Morocco and Marrakesh uh, uh, and oh, Arizona, Sedona, Utah, uh, I've experienced such an amazing uh, uh, um, uh, hospitality that I said that if ever uh, I'm at the right uh, financial and state of mind uh, uh, stage in my life, I would love to do something in the Israeli desert, the Negev Desert, which I knew very well because I, I served here, here in the militaries, in the special forces. I was uh, uh, in, a, in a unit that worked with Bedouin uh, scouters, so we spent many, many nights and days in the desert. Uh, and uh, I, uh, I fell in love at an early age uh, 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 from the desert. And I said, if one day I have a couple of bucks, that's where I'll, that's where I'll invest them. So the combination of being a, a well-traveled person who loves that type of, of hospi- sustainable hospitality, boutique hospitality, and in the same time, my early days in, in, in the desert, uh, in the Israeli Negev desert, uh, both that combination uh, made me, uh, I believe, brought me to Shekharut. Now, there are other desert resorts. I'm thinking of uh, Amangiri in Utah. I'm thinking of Bab El Shams in Dubai. There are other ones, but this has something that is so much more fun than just being in the desert, which alone is fun. You have here in your excellent gym, you have a collection of little tiny railway engines. Go to the bar here and my goodness, there's a collection of over 400 vinyls with a 50-year-old sound system complemented by a modern table. I'm seeing a lot of character put into all this. It's, it's, it's a good point, and, and in a way, I, uh, 
uh, there's a good side and a bad side to it. I mean, I, I did take personally this project and I, I, and I actually built a resort uh, with my partners, uh, all the incredible hundreds of uh, professional and artists who, who, who were with me in this project uh, that would, would, would actually fit me as a, as a, as a, as a guest and, and, and made it very, very uh, home-like. Uh, I mean, the reserve, for example, it's exactly how I would build my villa if I build a villa in the desert. Um, and because I did it in such a familiar uh, and intimate way, I felt it very, very comfortable to bring my own collection here. I brought my posters, original 1930 uh, posters uh, from Palestine uh, in the, in the, in the, uh, uh, during the British mandate that I collect, probably the biggest collection in the world. I brought textile that I uh, collected for many years from uh, uh, Istanbul, uh, galleries in Istanbul, uh, Ottoman textile, uh, those toys that you're talking about, the vinyl collection that was put together by a group called the Tether in Tel Aviv, uh, depicting really through music uh, the path of the uh, uh, ancient uh, incense road, starting in Oman, ending in the Red Sea and in Gaza. Uh, where they used to take the incense, the wood, uh, the Nabitian used to carry it uh, uh, and then send it to the Far East and to Europe. So we're telling the story of that route through the music and a different country in the area. But I would say that uh, I would say that uh, the basic way the way the place was built uh, and 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 the way it started was that I, I didn't go to architects. I went to the uh, architect Bezalel Architect School in in Jerusalem. And I told them, I give you a pro com first commercial project to the uh, Department of Architecture. Uh, I give you a budget to take the students and take the lecturer and take six months. And I want you to define what you think should happen on that beautiful hill. And uh, from so many point of view, from an archaeological point of view, a traditional construction in the area, uh, 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 sun and, and night, day and night, winds, uh, uh, geology, everything, put everything together in one basket and tell me what should happen here. And the funny thing is, I used their uh, documents that they presented me six months later as, as the document that we used to do a competition among the architects. And then we gave the Daniela Plesner, the Plesner family, uh, uh, the job to do uh, uh, to do the project. But when you look now at the result and you look at the original um, the original document that the and the study that the student and the lecturer had prepared in Betzalel, it's almost identical to what's happening here. So it's an amazing thing. So that process that we gave them to do is really and. Uh, the thing, the main thing that I like was we were trying to see what is traditional architecture in the area and we found out there was no architecture. The, the Nabitian used to be uh, nomads who used to camp from one place to the other. So the idea of actually uh, digging the building in the edge of the cliff and having zero visibility and fully be integrating in the mountain came from that, from trying to create like a camp. And uh, using the local material, the stonework that, that is magnificent, I mean, seen that every piece of stone here, when we build the walls, is personally chiseled. We had two family, Palestinian family from Hebron, who've been doing it for a thousand years, and they're doing traditional construction. It costs about 20-fold more than uh, doing an industrial uh, 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 stone construction, but I wanted it to be genuine. I want people to come here and say, wow. It, it's integrated so well in the environment. The stone looks so good. And you can see that this is a, 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 the end of, a, of master's uh, builder that did it, the, the, the artist. So 
uh, having that, having being fully integrated in the mountain, uh, using the tadlak to do all the rendering on the wall, uh, all the wood that uh, uh, not one tree was taken down for this project. So it's all eucalyptus that was was uh, was planted especially for construction in the forest, and and all the teak wood that is actually taken from different temples around the, uh, the world. So all these things together created the the type of. Uh, of a project that I felt very comfortable to bring in my, my, my personal life into it. Well, it does seem actually like, uh, it seems like an extension of Ronnie because you obviously made the decision, yes, we have so many places to eat already, but why don't we create a special dining area? So you dug into the mountain rock and you've created a little private dining venue with stupendous views looking out over which is actually only similar to one I've seen high in the Oman mountains. You have picked out a little bit from here and a little bit from there. I'd like to go back to... I would like just to say one thing. What's that? I would say that during COVID I had the opportunity, because we delayed the opening by two years, I had the opportunity to walk around there for about months upon months. Mm. And I, I got so many ideas. For example, we didn't have a wine room. So suddenly we said, okay, we're going to dig a wine room here. And that's the wine room, that the wine cellar that you, you've seen. Same thing with that special uh, area that you saw on the edge of the cliff. So a lot of the thing happened, or, or the amphitheater, it wasn't there. But we're walking down there. I was walking with the architect. I said, where would be the best place to see the sun, the sunset? And then we said, well, let's do an amphitheater. That was not in the original plan, but 40% of what you see around, it's so well integrated, happened on the move while we were going well, it certainly does, because it seems like as Topsy just grew, it seems that this resort actually grew. It's true. And the fact that you were working with students is, is really exciting, because these are younger generation, and they believe in much more empathy, much more fluid movement. And looking at the design side, everything is rounded. My beautiful villa, apart from the swimming pool, which obviously has a rectangular shape with corners. You know why? Why? Because that's the way we can cover it. Uh, <laughs> yes, you can cover. But the actual living room of it has a most gorgeous rounded shape. It's all very... It, it's all very customer friendly, very empathetic, and it, it's also a place that makes people smile. I think that having everything round talks about infinite. I mean, mm -hmm. like a circle. Uh, it's 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 got a, it, no start and no end. I think that's what the desert is all about. So that's why having everything rounded here. It, it really represents the feeling you get in that incredible infinity uh, of the desert. I spent many, many days in Amangiri. I went there for two days and stayed there two weeks because I was very impressed with that resort and got a, a lot of inspiration there. Mm -hmm. Although it's really different type of construction, it's all you know, big cement mm -hmm. uh, building in the middle, of, but very well done in the middle of the of the desert. Uh, um, I got a lot of inspiration just from the general experience I had there. Not this. They also cared so much about the detail, as yes, you probably know. Very much so. The original land, they had to purchase more land yes. because Adrian Zecker came along and said, no, it's at the wrong site. Correct. You started out with a much smaller idea and then it's been growing. Yes. What's going to happen now? What's the next stage in growth? Well, 
I think it's got different layers. Uh, the first stage in growth is that we're actually trying now uh, to get uh, permission to build another 20 rooms eventually on another hill that is attached to us. There's only one more hill that is directly attached to this resort and we want to try and get permission. We're in, at the moment in negotiation and getting uh, in, 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 in the older procedure to get uh, uh, another 20 uh, units. They will be a bit different maybe, we'll, we'll build them slightly different. Uh, we're looking for new ideas, but um, I think that's, that's the, this resort really is there, Go, reach almost its optimum level. Of, of facilities. Now we have to build in the experiences inside. I told the staff here the other day that we had 40% capacity of experiences. I think the menu of the desert center and the menu of the spa and the menu and the culinary menu can be enlarged and be uh, evaluated. But the it takes time. Side, takes I've got to tell you, Ronnie, I had a one to one apothecary session this morning in the uh, in the Earth Lab. It was sensational. I had no idea the value of lemongrass in treating various illnesses, etc. It was unique. You, you deal with Liraz, right? Yes. But I, I want to tell you something about Liraz, for example. Liraz is the type of person, if she didn't exist, we needed to invent her. Mm. I mean, she relocated herself from, from uh, uh, where she lives four hours away in the north here to come and change her life and come and, li and, and live in Shahoud. And the fact that someone like that is relocating itself, changing his life, spending years and years taking part in this enterprise, for me, this is the big, the best, uh, 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 the best indication that what we're doing here is right. When we, I will just say one more thing. When we opened the resort, I had a, a meeting. A police was there with 200 of the staff, and I told them, "Listen, everything you see here in this magnificent resort are only walls." But the content of this war, what's going to happen in there depends on each and one of you. If the guy, if the guests come here and the bellboy gives him a bad, a bad smile, or he sits at breakfast and doesn't get his coffee on time, or he goes to the spice and he had a bad experience with his massage, the entire project is worth nothing. So the idea of actually uh, uh, having, and I think you visited the Vecharif, we are making a huge effort to create a community uh, in this nowhere land when really there's no much going on here, bringing those young people here, uh, getting them enticed and motivated to work and understand this product called Six Senses, which was not known in Israel, I mean, not, not maybe even in most of the Middle East, understanding in depth the DNA of what Six Senses is and should be and how it can be best integrated within Shacharut is all to do with, with staff management and staff motivation. And I think we're spending a lot of time on it. You're absolutely right. And you have given them great housing. I was fascinated by how their units, some of them two-story, have, have great gardens, and some of them have personalized their outside space to such a degree. Yes with exactly. artwork, sculptures, which brings me on to your sculpture, the flying camel. camel. <laughs> Tell me about this. This is a um, statue. It looks like uh, colored glass and metal, and it stands about 20 feet high, surrounded by palm trees. What's the story of that, Ronnie? Did you design it? This is actually the model of a environmental work that I did with some artists and I did uh, in 2018 uh, at, the, at the Israeli version of uh, Burning Man. It's called Midburn. And uh, funny enough, in 2016 I went to the Israeli version of Burning Man and I saw 
most of Tel Aviv coming to the desert and all this beautiful uh, art, environmental art. And immediately I had this idea of building a flying camel because the flying camel represents is the symbol of uh, the Levant Fair, a fair that, that the British did in Israel, in Palestine in the 20s with pavilions from all over the world. And it was selling goods from Palestine, from uh, um, exhibiting the goods in Palestine, what was Palestine at the time, uh, and selling it abroad. And for that fair, the mayor of Tel Aviv at the time was a British guy called Dizingo. And he wanted to cooperate with the Arabs in Jaffa. So he called the Mufti in, the, uh, in Jaffa and said, let's do it together. And the Mufti apparently told him, we will cooperate together when, fly, when camel will fly. And, and this guy had a sense of humor. So he, he used that symbol for the fair of Tel Aviv, the Levant fair uh, uh, in Tel Aviv in order to uh, uh, promote the fair. And that's how I got the idea of actually using that symbol. And, build, and in 2018, I built a 15-meter-high uh, statue, wooden statue of uh, uh, the flying camel and and we, we unfortunately we had to burn it because that's the, that's the way that's the concept of burning man and midburn uh, and the model you see here is the original model we did from metal before we actually created the real piece you in wood see, this place is full of unique experiences endless endless Ronnie I can't wait for more thank you Ronnie for sharing your thoughts on what makes Six Senses Shahara Root so very special. You've put so much thought into it. You're such an entrepreneur with wide-ranging interests, and we need more people like you in the hotel sector. Next episode, I have a very different, do I say kettle of fish? No, I'm going to say superb hotelier, Brett Butcher, is CEO of the mighty Langham Group worldwide. He's got Langham and Cordis and goodness knows what else in his growing portfolio, all stemming back to the Langham, that famous London hotel. Listen to what Brett, who's also, by the way, a winemaker, listen to what he has to say next episode See you then. Bye now. Join us next week for another exciting insight into the world of luxury travel. And don't forget to tell your friends and colleagues about the show.